0: Yes, yes, it is DJ Ski from Dash Radio, and you are now listening to the number one South Asian radio station in the world. I'm talking about Ruckus Avenue Radio, Dash Radio's exclusive South Asian station. Let's go. I'm a doctor, a father, an American, an Indian. I've had conversations about life from every angle. And as I've navigated the South Asian experience, I share stories of people and their purpose. And what they're saying over and over again is, trust me, I know what I'm doing. I'm Abhay Darnikar, and on this episode of Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing, I'm joined by educator, football coach, and the defensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears, Sean Desai. Stay tuned. There are likely countless things that when you think of them, you just think America. Apple pie, hip-hop and country music, your iPhone, blue jeans, not using the metric system. They're just some examples of the country's cultural signatures. Now South Asian Americans have been entering into these spaces a lot, which is a win for everyone as our communities become more prominent. And let's face it, we're everywhere these days, so narrating our own story is super important. And then, perhaps, there's the ultimate frontier of pure American culture, the NFL. When I was little, I remember one of my favorite uncles taking me to an LA Ram game. He taught me the rules, explained how the playoffs and the Super Bowl worked, and it was all really great fun. Growing up and even now, it's amazing how much our community loves the NFL, and lots of my friends and relatives are quite obsessed as fans. While there only have been a few players from the diaspora, in the coaching world, Sean Desai of the Chicago Bears has broken some new territory as the NFL's first coordinator of Indian American descent. Sean started coaching at the college level in 2005, and after stints at Boston College, Temple, and Miami, started coaching in the NFL for the Bears as a quality control coach in 2013, and then as a safeties coach for the past few years. Sean's also a passionate educator, earning his master's and his doctorate in education, and his intelligence and incredibly relatable communication style have been his signature at every step, making him incredibly respected and sought after by everyone. Sean's new coaching job as the Bears defensive coordinator comes after a strange year of professional sports and the prospect of returning the Bears team to a winning record. I was able to catch up with him on an early morning before his hectic coaching workday, And we talked about the value of teaching, his humility as a young Indian American coach in the NFL, and of course, getting through the pandemic. I'm actually thrilled to be uh, joined by coach Sean Desai, the defensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears. Sean, thank you so much for for being with us. Oh, Thank you for having me. Yeah, so it's a little early, but that's okay. I got two teenagers. They're gonna be asleep for a long time.
1: <laughs> and you got some little ones as well, I hear? Yes, yes. I got a seven-year-old, soon to be eight, a five-year-old, and a six-month-old. Oh, boy. So, uh, first off, you're
0: you're squarely in kind of the middle between the tornado years and the chauffeuring years. That's right. That's right. Yeah, We're, we're, we're doing it all right now. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'm actually really uh, grateful because, uh, you know, here on the show, I'm really thinking about switching up to the 3-4 and a two-safety, uh, high-safety defense. So, this is very timely. So, thank you. Yeah, yeah. No doubt.
1: That I think <laughs> that's, that's a wise decision. Wise decision. Exactly.
0: You know, let me ask you this, you know, because of COVID and the kind of strange and peculiar year, year and a half it's it's been for everyone and all the restrictions and challenges that it's posed as kind of an educator and a coach, um, did it magnify the importance of study and film work and preparation? Ha- has it facilitated any new innovations um, for you as a coach?
1: Yeah, you know, I think... Uh, our industry is very, uh, heavily focused on film work in general. Yeah. Uh, just because it that's a core of our livelihood is, yeah. is studying opponents and things like that from a coaching perspective and a player's perspective. So that's been, been, I would say magnified throughout the, uh, throughout the years of coaching. But, uh, the part that becomes unique is how you, uh, communicate and then teach, uh, in these zoom worlds and zoom sessions. Right. So I think that part of it, uh. We've tried to get a little bit creative and, and try to engage guys in different ways, because as I'm sure you and I know uh, we experience with the, my own kids, I mean, it's hard to be on Zoom calls for four plus hours for school and things like that a day. And and it's just constant. So uh, we try to be a little bit creative that way. And, and we're still learning. You know, I mean, it, it was new for us uh, last year and we're still getting better at it.
0: Yeah. Well, even for you, I mean, you know, because of that, has it been um, you know, have you found success at least in trying to take that sort of study? And then applying it to the field and then some of the techniques, has it um, actually sparked some new sort of creativity
1: and innovations for you as a coach? Yeah, you know, I think the, the creativity and innovations really come from uh, from a group effect where we're all trying to brainstorm together uh, to figure out what's best for us as a, as a staff. And schematically, obviously, is one way. Yeah. Uh, but then teaching, I think, is the bigger way of, of how we can still engage these guys and get our points across uh, and get the execution we need when they're here for practice. Yeah, Uh, and then ultimately in the games uh, to execute at a high level, Uh, but we got to be creative in how we engage these guys and keep them entertained and make sure they're they're processing the information at the level we need it to be processed. Does it make it harder
0: to really develop culture when you have to do it remotely? I mean, is that probably the hardest
1: part of that? Because yeah, you know, I I agree. I think I think you hit it right in the head. That that's always a tricky part because uh, a core of culture is people, right? And and, and interactions (laughs) and engaging and. And it's one thing to, as we all know, we've learned, all of us have learned in this world, it's one thing to engage through a video call or even through a phone. Um, and it's a totally another thing to engage uh, when you touch somebody, when you can talk yeah. to them, when you can shake their hand and look them in the eye, yeah, uh, give them a hug, yeah. you know, all, all those things uh, make it more challenging. And and that's that's hopefully the art of, of some of our work is to try to keep those uh, relationships going as best we can. Well, especially in a team environment,
0: um, you know, with so much, you know, kind of non-spoken language that's out there on the field and in practice and, you know, in the organization, I'm sure that that's like, that's a big, big deal. And and have there been any other kind of personal lessons that you've taken away from this last year that
1: have translated to the work? Yeah, you know, I think one thing is, uh, uh, which is something I've I've tried to reflect on every year I've been in coaching uh, with my wife, is, is just to be as present as you can. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think that's uh, probably been magnified and heightened for everybody a little bit uh, over this pandemic. But uh, I think it's really important. and It's oftentimes lost in the in the hustle of our daily work uh, and the busyness of our days and, and our grind. And, and, and as a football coach, you know, it's yeah. very time consuming. But, you know, for me, during the pandemic, you know, we had a lot of Zoom meetings last off season, and we weren't in the office. So uh, I really valued that time. I was I was forced to be extra creative with with how I got my work done. Yeah. And then the 20 minutes I got in a day to take a break, I was with my kids or with my wife. And, and that was uh, special for me, you know, because because, as you know, and, and everybody else who's done it without a pandemic, you don't get those 20 minutes. You don't. And those yeah. those 20 minutes are, are uh, hopefully create memories for me and my, my family uh, that will last in a positive way. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope
0: more than anything else, also setting the tone for how your your organization and your team around you sort of you know permeates so well with that. Um, you know, for you as an experienced educator, you know, especially with that experience, do you, in order to be a successful coach, do you also need to be a really effective listener um, and a learner with your players? How do you kind of feed off of of that energy, for sure?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, one of the things uh, that I've always prided myself in is, is my obviously my education background, and as a teacher, uh, I think one. <coughs> One of the telltale signs of a great teacher is their ability to listen and learn. You know, I don't think, uh, it's, it's constant growth, uh, and you're constantly evolving as a teacher. So if, if you're not doing that, in my opinion, as a coach, uh, you're limiting yourself and you're limiting your opportunities and really the opportunities for those players to grow and develop. So I think it's constantly engaging. It's active and you're, and you're continuing to reassess, listen, learn, engage in, in productive dialogue. Uh, and then when there's a the time to be firm, you need to be firm and you, and you need to get things done still because they're, especially in our world, you know, the back and forth can only last so long. Right. Cause the, right. the play still got to get executed and, the, and, yeah. and all that. So, uh, but I think that that's what the off season's for, you know, to be able to build that dialogue and build those relationships. So when it's time to go, we can go and all pull in one direction. You
0: know um, you're the first Indian American coordinator in the NFL. And are, are there elements of your, your own background now that kind of, bleed and permeate into your style of coaching or teaching or or the preparation or even your day-to-day in the NFL? And by the way, I mean, I'm really hoping that there's going to be some great play calls out there like the, you know, game show weak side safety blitz or, <laughs> you know, see some of that stuff at the line. But no, seriously, how, how you know, have, has some of that permeated into your style or into
1: your coaching techniques at all? Yeah, you know, I don't, I'm not sure. Uh Uh, one, one thing, um, you know, coach Nagy does a great job of, and I love the slogan that he has is, is, uh, be you. Yeah. And so I think I've been able to be myself, uh, and, and, and a lot of my identity is Indian and a lot of my identity is American. you know I mean? I was born here. I was a first generation person here. Uh, my parents were immigrants. So, uh, you know, uh, you're in the middle of a lot of things and you go through a lot of things, but all of that is me. And I think I've embraced that. And coach Nagy's created a culture here for our players. Uh, for everybody to be themselves uh and i think that's really valuable when you're building a team and so i've embraced that i've i think the guys see it in me uh they know what they're getting from me every day uh and they know my values you know they know that i believe in family and and i think it's important to be a good parent or be a good husband or be a good son uh and and those things are important to me because i think that stuff uh impacts your play on the field yeah and it may be subliminal or subconscious but i think Uh, you know, we're all human beings. And so uh, it's hard to compartmentalize as much as we wanted people to do that. We've learned that in the pandemic, you know, it's hard because there's a lot of other things going on. And so to embrace the person as a whole, I think is important. And we're going to coach the person as a whole. And then when it's time to go and and we need that person to focus on what we need them to focus on, that person's going to do that. And they can expect the same out of me. You know, uh, when it's time for me to be a professional and be a coach and be a coordinator and call the plays, that's what my focus has to be on. Uh, And so I think, that, that's part of what I've embraced. You're listening to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing.
0: After a quick break, we'll come back to our conversation with Coach Sean Desai. Stay tuned.
1: Jonita Gandhi, and you're listening
0: to Ruckus Avenue Radio. Welcome back to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. I'm Abhay Dandekar, and let's rejoin our conversation with NFL defensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears, Sean Desai. Yeah, and I wonder if some of that background as a you know child of immigrants, as an Indian American you know, studying philosophy and, and some of the things that you have a background with, I wonder if that actually provides a, a little bit of a deeper empathy with your players then so that you can build that relationship
1: and, and they can know that it's comfortable for them to be themselves. Yeah, I hope so. You know, I hope so, because that, that's a core belief of mine and, and it's a core belief of our head coaches, in our organization, even from the top down with the McCaskey family, you know I mean? This is a family run organization. So, uh, all of those values are really important and, and they all matter. They all matter, you know, and they all matter. And, and it, if we can get the best out of the human being, uh, in my opinion, then we're going to get the best out of the player. Absolutely. Um, you
0: know, and as an Indian American, I mean, I can certainly relate to this, have, you know, being born and brought up uh, in California a- as a Rams fan, by the way, I must say. Um, but, uh, you know, with that, you know, we, we straddle a lot, right? We straddle cultures in, you know, two different continents. We, we straddle old versus new and tradition versus modern. Do you think that that kind of a uh, background growing up sort of helps you to, in fact, lead, especially with so many creative tensions that are similar in the NFL as a coach, right? I mean, do you like be reverent to an old style of defense and, and then, you know, create new stuff? I mean, do you think some of that has, has uh, helped you in, in any way?
1: Yeah, you know, I haven't thought about that way, but that's a good point that you bring up. I think it does. You know, I mean, part of, part of uh, growing up, uh, at least for me, was, you know, you had to be open minded. Yeah. to a lot of different ways of, of thinking, because everybody wasn't like you, you know, everybody wasn't like me. Uh, everybody didn't do the same things at home that we did at home. Right. Uh, uh, and that was okay. You know, I had to be comfortable with that. And my parents had to, uh, they did a great job of raising us, uh, to be comfortable with that, you know, and, and the, the things that they had to sacrifice to give us an opportunity, uh, to get to where we are, uh, is, is, you know, I'm very grateful for that opportunity the things that they've sacrificed to do that so I think all of that uh has instilled the values in me and so I think I understand and I empathize like you said with people's sacrifices and the things that they experience and although they're different uh and maybe sometimes unrelatable at least I can try to listen and understand Hmm. Uh, and I think that part is the most important because they want to know that people care everybody you know I mean as a teacher and as a coach I think uh, uh caring is important and authentically caring is important Uh, because it's one thing to say, I care. And it's another thing to actually care and and be intentional and deliberate about that.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you know, especially with the pace of evolution in the NFL, right? I mean, things change from day to day, certainly in the game. they, They change so rapidly. Being able to sort of synthesize and translate that and then communicate that pretty effectively must be, you know, a skill that you just not only develop with experience,
1: but a lot of instinct as well. Yeah, that's it. And, and like, you know, I think the word you said, their instinct, I think, has developed over time. Yeah. You know, I think you, you, the more experience you have and, and the more you study and the more you learn, the better instincts you have. And, and, and you brought it up, the NFL is evolving. You know, I mean, uh, these offenses, you know, as a defensive coach are evolving and it's, it's year to year. And, and if you're not up on the trends and if, if you're not even trying to be a step ahead of it, uh, the league is going to pass you by pretty quickly.
0: You know, everyone calls you the doc. And, um, you know, kind of the acquisition of football knowledge and culture and even your own life experiences as, you know, uh, a parent and a, and a lifelong sort of learner it is part of the successful formula for NFL longevity. Um, you know, is that sort of constant acquisition and lifelong learning? Is that is that the real secret to success that you've seen so far?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, well, well, I wouldn't say it's a secret to success, you know, because I'm still young in the NFL, right? I mean, I'm sure. I'm only going into nine years in the NFL. There's a lot more people that have had a lot more success than I have, yeah, uh, in this league, and have uh, have earned that success. So I'm just trying to trying to find a path from from the people that I've learned from, and and that's been one of it. You know, is to be humble, uh, be grateful for your opportunities, be hardworking, and be a sponge. You know, just try to take in as much information as you can. Then when your time when you're asked a question, be prepared. Yeah. Prepared to answer, whether it's from another coach, a colleague, or a player, be prepared, and then uh, do it in the best interest of the organization in mind, you know, and I think that's important.
0: We always talk to medical students and residents and even our, ourselves uh, in, in any profession for that matter, but to know your guardrails. So is there, you know, at, for you as a coaching, I mean, what do you say when someone says, Hey, I don't know something, or is it important for, you know, to actually just be, you know, open and and say, Hey, look, I I don't know what that is. So let's talk about it. Let's learn about it.
1: Oh my gosh. I think that's, I mean, humbleness is is such a key to teaching. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think ego gets in the way of that uh, oftentimes uh, in terms of you feel like because of the power position somebody's given or the platform they're given that they need to have the answers. Uh, These guys know if I don't know anything, if I don't have an answer for them that they know that I don't know. And, and they know I'm going to find out though too. Right. Cause they know my work ethic and they know uh, my thirst for knowledge. So they know that I'm going to provide an answer for them. It might take me a day to figure it out, uh, but they can feel confident in that. But uh, I think you need to be humble because uh, when you're not, or at least if you try to make up an answer, I think uh, people see through that really quickly. And we, we, you probably see with your kids. I know I see with my kids at, at eight and five, uh, you know if, if they think if they get you uh, off guard a little bit with a question they, they know you don't know the answer they, they oh, kind yeah. of see through that quickly absolutely they know and then you know the best part is
0: is what when you have uh, your own parents around and you're like okay yeah they know what <laughs> they know yeah, exactly right. when I don't know what I don't know
1: that's exactly right
0: you're listening to trust me I know what I'm doing after a quick break we'll come back to our conversation with coach Sean Desai stay tuned oh it is love
1: I'm telling you South side, south side, we don't set this party, all fry. West side, west side, we don't set this party, all fry. Man, I promise. She's so self-conscious, she has no idea what she's doing. This is Taz Valleywall, and you're listening to Ruckus Acne Radio.
0: I'm Abhay good and you're listening to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. Let's rejoin our conversation with Coach Sean Desai. You know, um, you carry a mantle now of, you know, some representation and, and, and sort of like that responsibility of, of being an Indian American. How does that feel for you? Like, you know, sort of crossing that barrier a little bit?
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's uh, well, one, it's, it's humbling. I'm um, uh, um, um, I'm I'm welcoming. Of, the, of that. Uh, I think it's important. Uh, I haven't really reflected on, on taking it as a weight or something like that, you know, car- carrying it on my shoulders because uh, I'm just going to continue to do the things that I do and the way I've done it and, and the values that I've been instilled. And, and if I can provide a voice or a platform for somebody that may not have had it, uh, I'll embrace that opportunity. Uh, I think it's important. Um, and, you know, I've learned that in my own family with my own kids. I mean, uh, for them to see, uh, their dad, uh, in a role, I think is important for them, you know, maybe down the road and hopefully they'll they'll understand the impact of that. And, and the feedback that I've gotten from other people, uh, that I don't even know is, is been, has been very humbling. Yeah. No. And, and I
0: mean, you know, more than anything else, like Lighting that that pathway, or even creating opportunities for even more people, and and sort of a culture of inclusion. Are you finding that that you know particularly in in the NFL environment or with the Bears organization that this has been you know sort of a a welcome
1: uh, you know culture and 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 a welcome presence? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this organization's been been first class yeah. uh, from from the time I got here in 2013 as a quality control. Uh, it's a family run organization. They believe in familial values. Uh, they believe in hard work. They believe in honesty. They believe in trustworthiness, uh, loyalty, uh, all things that I value. Um, so, uh, it helps, it helps. And we all know that, you know, anytime you're trying to advance and, and regardless of race, color, gender, religion, ethnicity, anytime you're advanced, you need support. Yeah. You know, and, and, and we all understand the mechanisms that certain people have some structures that built in that are uh, more supportive than others. Uh, but you still need some type of support. And, and I've, I've been fortunate to have that. And it starts with the bears organization and, and George McCaskey and Mrs. McCaskey yeah. and going down through Ted Phillips and all the head coaches I've been here with. And obviously most recently with coach Nagy and Ryan is our general manager, yeah. uh, they've been supportive. You know, Vic has been supportive. Uh, yeah. Chuck has been supportive. Guy, guys have given me opportunities. And then at the ultimately at the end of the day, uh it's on me to to uh take advantage of those opportunities right because you still got to earn those roles yeah uh because nobody wants anything given to them Uh, and i think you want to earn it
0: yeah absolutely and and then so you know from translating that to sort of outcomes right i mean is the joy of it to see on a micro level sort of like the day-to-day in practice or like that really amazing play that comes out from the team on on a game or is it you know, does it get harder than to focus from there to the ultimate goal of like, you know, championships and and long term success?
1: Yeah, you know, obviously the ultimate goal for every organization is is uh, winning the Super Bowl trophy. Uh, for me, the joy is is in the process. Yeah. I mean, I, I absolutely love going to the meetings. I love analyzing the tape and, and presenting, coming up with a plan, playing that chess match with opponents. Uh, and trying to get our guys to understand the plan and then go execute it. And and like you said, like I love uh, when guys make a mistake uh, because I think that's an opportunity for growth for them in practice. And then the part that is the icing uh, on the cake is is when that mistake happened in practice, and then they the same play shows up in the game, and then they correct it and they yeah. make a great play. That that's an impactful play for us and helps us win. Uh, and you see the joy on those players' uh, faces. Uh, play in and play out and then part of that joy is is the downs in football mm. right and I think I think that's part of the fun is that that this is an emotional game and, and there are a lot of ups and downs and obviously throughout the course of a season on a macro level but uh within a game yeah uh and, and part of our art and the players art is to be able to endure through that mentally you know be tough enough to endure through that mentally and and keep uh putting the uh pedal to the metal and grinding to try to get the outcome that you're uh, all rooting for. And and you know with that, do you
0: find that there's occasionally importance for pause and reflection too? Because I mean, it can be such a grind, right? I mean, it's it's a you know constantly really studying and studying and learning. Um, but is there time, you know, particularly even in that environment, to pause and reflect and say, hey, we need to we need
1: to stop and and figure this one out? Yeah, no, I think that's essential. I think I think reflection uh, is is essential in daily practice. You know, I try to do it every day. Uh, take a few minutes uh, to myself at the beginning of the day, at the end of the day, to just. Just realize, and, and again, it's back to the beginning of this conversation of being present, Yeah. right? Uh, uh, that's how you're able to do it because when you get caught up in all the minutiae, what you want to do, it's part of the process. Uh, sometimes you forget the bigger picture, right, Right on the other end of it. And so it's, it's, a, it's a little bit cyclical in terms of how you want to function, but you got to have some mechanisms like taking active reflection uh, and calming things down for everybody uh, and presenting a bigger picture of you sometimes to say, let's just take a deep breath here and understand where what it's really like. Uh, regardless you know in football which is such a media driven world yeah. regardless of what people on the outside are saying everything like here's here's the reality of the situation here's where we're at and here's where we got to get better here's where we got to continue to uh, excel at and i think those things are critical throughout uh various points in the season well especially a level set with yourself with your players with your
0: with the people around you um such a great tool to try and do um let me ask you this we only got a couple of minutes left but uh I wanted to, you know, and partially because it's the name of the show, but um, for you, how have you been able to cultivate um, trust in yourself, your players, people around you? Um, what's been what's been your sort of, um, you know, energizing uh, formula so far?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, trust is central to one of my beliefs and teaching and learning. Uh, and, and I think, to me, there's really, one way to start creating trust and it's with honest authentic relationships and conversations uh i don't think you can build trust without honesty i really don't i think that's a hard thing to do and i think that's where things start i think where people lose trust in other people or in systems or in functions is as when they feel that it's been they've been lied to Mm.
0: uh
1: they feel that they've been they've been working towards one goal and something else is really the ulterior motive, things right. like that. Uh, and in relationships, it's with what's spoken and the behaviors that that support what's spoken. You know, you can say one thing and act another way. Uh, so I think honesty is the core of it. And I think for me, that's that's been a, a firm belief of mine since since I was a kid. You know, it's been instilled in me uh, through my parents and, and, and my upbringing and, and, and as an educator. Uh, it, if you can't be honest, Uh, then that's pretty hard. And it's hard to be honest, you know, that's a hard thing to do, uh, especially in a performance driven business like ours, where sometimes honesty uh, isn't what people want to hear. Right. Uh, But ultimately, at least in my experience is uh, down the road, honesty is the best way to go, to build trust. And for you, I imagine
0: that, you know, because that's of that sort of baseline, um, you know, uh, mantra, if you will, uh, that sounds like it 's developed a lot of confidence for you as you 've gone forward and and gained greater and greater success
1: yeah, you know, I think it has uh, and, and you're always uh trying to trying to uh, continue building your own confidence uh in those rights, but I think with honesty, you have to be honest with yourself also uh, yeah. as you do that and 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 that helps you at least helps me build more trust in myself. Uh, knowing, being very self-aware of what I am and and what I want to do and where I want to go with things uh, as a coordinator and even as a person. uh, I think that helps. Well, um, it sounds like those around
0: you are consistently being inspired and, and your authenticity is pretty obvious. Coach, thank you so much for being with us. It's been a real treat and I hope you'll come back and visit with us again. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Sean. And a big thanks to the great Kaka, the first NFL fan I ever knew, and for making sure that I grew up a Rams fan. You know, Super Bowl 2022, in Inglewood, just saying. Just a reminder to subscribe to the podcast wherever you might be listening, and follow us on social media at MyGoodFrame. Remember that defense wins championships, and that every day should be a day to celebrate all the moms in our lives, in every shape and form. Till next time, I'm Abhay Dandekar. Because every story told is a lesson learned. Because every lesson learned is a story waiting to be told. I'm Abhay Dandekar, and I share stories about South Asian people and their purpose. And what they're saying over and over again is, trust me, I know what I'm doing. Hear it every Monday, Tuesday, on Ruckus Avenue Radio, or wherever you get your podcast.
1: Sanjeev Kapoor, you are listening to Ruckus Avenue Radio.